0: you're listening to the comic crusaders podcast i am your host al mega ceo of comic crusaders and undercover games in this show i'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration process the lessons they've learned and a whole lot more what up what up everybody welcome to a brand new comic crusaders podcast i'm your boy al mega thank you for joining me today today folks Begin to learn some business, some little tips to success. Homie over here is an author. He is a university instructor. He is a startup executive. I mean, he has an awesome book out right now called The Career Toolkit, The Essential Skills for Success No One Taught You. I mean, ain't that the truth. Who taught Almeida to do any of this? This is all a self-taught journey. But to be able to have somebody of this caliber, I mean, Homie has worked in tech. I mean, he's a ballroom dancer. He has one of the most unique collections we're going to talk about, too. The one, the only amazing Mr. Mark Hertzberg. Wepa. How you doing, kiddo? Doing great. Thanks for having
1: me on the show today.
0: Now, nah, brother, thank you for coming on, taking some time out of that busy schedule of yours to chit-chat and, and, and inspire our audience over here with, with, with some tips of, of the trade you know and especially after they hear your journey because man do you have a unique one a wild ride man let me tell you especially when it comes to the brains is what i'm digging man so a little bit about yourself mark where you from where you from originally and where you at now
1: grew up in new york chicago and new jersey but these days i am back home right in midtown manhattan
0: Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry about the Jersey part. I'm only playing for my Jersey. i only playing. I mean, I'm just jabbing you guys as a Brooklynite. That's what we do. <laughs> so what part of, what, what part of New York is Chicago? Is it and all I'm Illinois? It was Chicago. So that's Chicago. So what about New, York's New York? Where are you at there
1: in Jersey? New York. I was, I was born in New York City, but grew up uh, briefly in Westchester before okay. we moved to Chicago and then right in central New Jersey. But even then, my parents are New Yorkers. They actually retired to the city. We would go in once a month. We'd go see a Broadway show. We'd walk around New York. We'd see my New York pizza. And eat New York pizza. Uh, you know, I have to say, New York pizza, it is not what it was in the 80s. I am a little disappointed with the pizza I'm finding these days. You know
0: what it is? It's because now that you have grades in there, it probably has less sweat and everything in it, in the cheese. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is nasty. I'm sorry. Just, hey man, again, you grew up in the '80s and you see these spots, and you tell me, all right? So, um, that's awesome. all right. So, how was it growing up, and why were you guys moving around so much? You go in three cities, you know. Is this, you know, very early on, you know, in your youth, if you will? A
1: little bit. There was actually a couple other moves I don't even bring up. My dad is a doctor. He's retired now, but he moved into hospital administration. And he was very directed in his own career. He didn't just sit there and say, well, I've got a job, and I guess this Mm -hmm. is good enough. He was always keeping in mind, is there something better out there? Is there another opportunity, whether he actively looked for it or he would get recruited away, and some of those job changes required us to
0: move. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. How did you feel as a kid having to move? Were you making friends and then like, geez, have to move again? It's almost like having an army brat lifestyle, but not, right? (laughs) It was
1: a little challenging doing those moves, giving up the friends I had, the house I had known, the school I was at. So it was a bit of a change. I don't think I was happy moving any of those times. But there are some upsides in that. I got to experience I mean, culture is just too strong a word, but East Coast versus Midwest—it's it, oh, a little it's bit culture,
0: different. It's culture, it's <laughs> culture, it's culture. I'll say it really is—we're way different <laughs> than anyone in the mid. I mean, even, I mean, again, I, I'm from the Northeast now. I'm the Southeast, although we're getting a lot of Northeasters, Easterners down here, if you will. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the coast is very different. Where everybody says hi, everybody's friendly, you know. In New York, you know, someone says hi to you, like, "What do you want?" You know, I mean, it's not, you're not being friendly. guy out of here. <laughs> you know, New York, so that's a, the criticism
1: I would always get from people in the Midwest. New Yorkers were not unfriendly, we're just busy. Yeah. I don't no have time to a stranger. <laughs> you need help, I will stop and help you. But if you don't know exactly what help you need, I don't have time to sit there while you figure it out.
0: Exactly. Brother. I don't have this time. Hurry up. Time is money, yo. I'm going to be late sound like that <laughs> like that was exactly okay, right you know, it's it's a crazy lifestyle so all right so how did you get into the things you got into because i know you are one hell of a person that's involved in technology you have a heavy resume in tech so what 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 led you that way in you know in your youth if you will or, or did it i mean or were you doing something completely different and it just happened to fall on this growing up i was a hardcore nerd <laughs> I love
1: math. I love science. You love, love math. I love science, but hell no, math. I oh, couldn't stand it. <laughs> oh, math is math is amazing once you understand it. Unfortunately, the way they teach it is just through some rote memorization where they don't really teach the elegance of math. They don't teach some amazing theories. One of my favorite theories, Gödel's incompleteness theory. It turns out as we're proving more and more math, we will either prove Not only everything that's true, but we will overshoot the mark and actually prove too much and have a contradiction, or we will never be able to prove everything that is true. We don't know what everything provable is, but we know we either will go not far enough or too far, one of the two. And we can prove that's the case. Okay. I love math. You get cool things like (laughs) this.
0: But you know, it blew my mind. You could prove the proof, and it was not provable.
1: (laughs) It was actually growing up going to chess tournaments. I first started going to comic book shops because we would have between rounds, we had time. I remember going to, I believe, it was a King of Prussia Mall in Pennsylvania, somewhere in Pennsylvania, and going into a comic book shop, and that's where I first started buying comic books, which was also a big part of my life growing up. It was over a thousand comics. Boxed up in my closet in my okay. small Manhattan apartment.
0: All right. So before we get into biz talk, let's talk that little fandom side of yours, kiddo. So you know what 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 was the first character that you laid eyes on as that you picked up a book and said, "Ooh, I like this." I think in summer camp, I remember
1: we had some type of event that you could win tickets. And you could use the tickets to buy little things, and they did have some comics. So I think the first one I technically got was a Batman. I couldn't tell you which Batman, which one of the series, but I was actually more Marvel after that. I'm still a fan of Batman, but most of my comics were Marvel. And I remember, I can't remember the first one I got, but I remember early on they were cross-referencing a, uh secret wars. I said, "Oh, oh okay. okay. Well, I better figure out secret wars." And so then I bought the entire secret wars series nice. as I was going through. I think it was Avengers, the coping Captain
0: America or X Men. So that was about the time I got started. Good times. Oh man, you 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 definitely started in a great era, a fun era, if you will, of comics. That's great. All right, so uh, uh, did you find the tribe then easily that that was among your, your nerddom, you know, your tribe? Was it easy every time you landed someplace else? Was it easy to acclimate with, with people that liked what you liked? It wasn't easy for me to acclimate, but that's more a reflection on me.
1: But certainly the other kids who were in Math League with me, Olympics of the Mind, Academic Decathlon. Oh, nerdy clubs, there were other kids there.
0: How much money did you make doing people's reports back in school? Because, geez. <laughs>
1: I had too much integrity. I wouldn't even <laughs> let the hot girl cheat off of me in class.
0: Oh, man. I, but I don't care how many dates you offer me. It's a no. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. Man, that's right. Let them learn. You know, you're only going to cheat them in life. if They can't apply this themselves. I dig it. Absolutely. Cool. So when did you start taking like, this, like, real serious? I mean, or you were just always serious about it. Even when you were just playing these games, was it always something that you really wanted serious? You already had a career-focused mind, like, this is what I want? Since I was about
1: nine years old, I wanted to go into physics, which is one of my degrees from wow.
0: MIT. Since MIT, <laughs> <guys>? <laughs> Since going
1: to ninth grade, I got into computers, and so computer science was my other undergraduate degree, So I knew I had those paths. And for various reasons, I didn't go into physics. I went more into technology, where I became a cryptographer and a chief technology officer.
0: What's the cryptographer?
1: So cryptographers, we are the people who do cybersecurity. Cryptography is a branch of mathematics and computer science where we do advanced types of algorithms that are used to encrypt and decrypt data. The reason you can enter your credit card online and not worry about someone stealing it is because of the work of peers of mine, people from my field who figured out how to secure it. How did you land in that field? What got you interested in that in particular? When I was very young, probably about six or seven, I had a book on secret codes, <laughs> basic book for kids. I was into oh, wow. secret codes. When I went to MIT, MIT is one of the few schools that has a cryptography program. Okay. And one of the leading cryptographers, many of the leading cryptographers were at MIT. And so I was able to get him as an advisor and follow oh, through. Oh, wow. We did the graduate work with him at MIT.
0: How did you even find out about these people as a kid? I mean, did you really dig into the books like that as a kid, you know, when you got into this like that? And were your parents supportive all the way? Yeah, in addition to reading comic books, I would also read books
1: mostly on physics, Less so on computers, but a little later I read some computer The physics
0: of Superman, can the human torch really burn up? I know. I, you know. <laughs> you know.
1: I have the physics of Star Trek. I have not actually read that book yet.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, Well, it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned that. What got me into physics when I was really young, when I was about five years old, my dad had a series of books called Time-Life Mysteries of the Unexplained. And it had the pyramids and Atlantis and Bigfoot and just all these different kind of things, ghosts and aliens. And when they talk about some of this, they talk about aliens and black holes and time travel. And when I was nine, my cousin was in town, and he was talking about how in his physics class they were talking about black holes. I thought, oh, black holes? That relates to the stuff I'm interested in. I guess physics is where I can learn more about this stuff. So I want to go into physics. Wow. That's what got me into it. And my parents, thankfully, they were wonderful parents, very supportive. Um, i still very appreciative. My mom would drive me to chess tournaments. My dad on Saturday mornings used to drive me to the Princeton Plasma Physics Lab where they would have Saturday morning science lectures, and he would go with me and uh, learn more science.
0: Was he into it too? was he was tagging along in support of.
1: No, he was he was into it as well. He is a oh, doctor. Oh, so he oh a that's CD. so great!
0: I mean, yo, to have that and share something special like that with a parent, that's also really cool, man. Wow, God bless your parents, man, for that. Yo, I mean, I get very not, lucky. Not many of here. us, yeah, not many of us have that type of support. You know, what I mean, growing up, I mean, some of them, like I've spoken to a Cuban artist recently, and, and, and in conversation, he's telling me how where he's at, like. Being an artist, that's not a career. You're a joke. Get out of here. That's kid stuff. If you're not a doctor or an engineer, you're not nothing. I'm like, wow. Uh, can, and that's sad. Anything
1: can be a career. And it's unfortunate. People don't see that. But, of course, even if you weren't lucky, I know how lucky I am to have support of parents. Even if you weren't lucky to have that, we can of course be supportive of the next generation, yes. of our kids, our nieces and nephews, yes. of others we go out and mentor. So all of
0: us can be supportive. Going, don't forward. make the same mistakes. At exactly. the end of the day. So you know, so how you know, so here you are stepping in. How did you get into MIT? Talk to me about that. You said MIT, that physics, brother. You doing all this, uh, all this, you know, cryptography, all this stuff, and. Creating marketplaces and, and and authentication systems Talk to me about this. I mean, geez, you, know, you, you, you like, exploded. <laughs> MIT
1: was a great place to be.
0: Some of it was right
1: place, right time. Coming we have MIT in the late 90s in the dot-com era. Oh, in the era. era. Hey! Wow. And I just went to different startups. I didn't start out doing a lot of cryptography. So I've done things like marketplace creation. I've created lead generation markets. I created labor marketplaces. So early versions of things like Upwork and Fiverr, I created one of those for Sears back in 2008. Wow. Helped to create a video marketplace at NBC that wasn't a vi- spun out. It no longer is a video marketplace. Now it's Hulu. So they went in a slightly what? different
0: So got to do some really interesting projects. Damn, and how did you feel while you were involved in these projects and getting your hands on this type of you know of opportunity? It varied. The project at NBC it wasn't
1: an exciting one. They brought me in because <laughs> things were not going well.
0: Oh, uh, so, you, ah, so bet you were the janitor over here with the with the broom. Let me let me clean up the mess. That's that's been quite a bit of what I've done.
1: At really. Harvard. Greenfield okay. is more fun. Let's build something new from scratch. But more often companies, especially when they hire me as a consultant, say, we've got a problem. And right. that's where they pay the big guts.
0: So was that your intent when you started getting into this type of field, to be the problem solver, or you wanted to be somebody creating new things?
1: I wanted to create new things, but I am very directed in my career, and so I'm not the type of person. Sometimes when I start up, the startup doesn't work out. That's part of the risk in a startup. And I'm not the type of person to say, okay, i got to find a job. Within 30 days, just whatever I can find, I will sometimes say, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to find the right job. But if that's going to be six months, I'd like to have some income during the six months or <laughs> go out you. and find a contract where, all right, this isn't what I want to do my whole life, but sure, I can do it for three, six, nine months. And that gets me income while I can take the time to find the next right thing.
0: True entrepreneur here. So how do you even want to do contracts then? You know, in order for you to be able to sell the services, and how do you even sell the services that you could offer to a company? How do you even do those approaches? Yeah, I
1: figured that out cold.
0: After (laughs) I left
1: the company, I'd been at a company for two years. I didn't like the direction the company was going in, so I left. I took a little time off, and my own mentors had suggested I should do some consulting work Mm. because that's going to help me get exposed to more areas. And the very first contract job I had, I remember Harvard Business School was looking for an undergrad to go do a little bit of hourly work for them. And I happened to see this email. I was out of MIT. I was no longer an undergrad. I looked, and they were paying $15 an hour. I remember thinking, mm. okay, this looks like a really interesting job. But and what era was this? This was
0: or 2000s?
1: This was early 2000s. This was, I think, no, Chris, like yeah,
0: 15 is good. <laughs> well, it's – It was okay. It's, it's
1: it's not not a, I New could York. do a lot better. I could do a lot yeah. better elsewhere, and 15 wasn't going to cover my rent yeah. and living. That, so it wouldn't even cover
0: a closet in New York. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. So I reached out to the guys, and I said, listen, I'm um, an MIT alum. I've done this in the past. I've been a software developer. I think your project's really interesting. I'd like to come talk to you about it. And so I went in, I met with them. I had them tell me about the project. I said, okay, this sounds interesting, but you can't hire an undergrad for 15 bucks an hour part-time to do this. What you're talking about, this is a bigger project. You need experienced people like Mm me, and that's going to cost you more money. And they said, all right, we're going to think about it, and came back to me and said, we thought about it. You've convinced us. They went, they got more money from the school. And then they hired me and another guy. so my Ooh. very first job and quite a few of my jobs were not jobs that existed. I had to create them. I had wow. to talk my way into creating a job and then That's dang it
0: oh bro you have you know I was, you have big honies let's put it like that. jeez I mean so you go here, get an interview and you're convincing the interviewer like what you really need is this and you're like selling. I mean, what made you so bold in that, in that moment to, to be like, nah, this is what you need, and if you want me, this is what it takes. And it's like, you really took, the, took charge. Where were you in your head at that moment? Growing
1: up, my mother always taught me nothing ventured, nothing gained.
0: Woo!
1: Worst case scenario, I write these guys, they don't write me back. Or I show off, I talk to them, they say, yeah, not interested. I could spare an hour to meet with them there was no real downside. Mm. So you got to take those chances in life, especially when the downside is so low. If someone's asking you to put up $10,000, okay, there's a risk. You could lose $10,000. But to spend an hour talking to someone to explore could something work here, very little downside. So it's always worth taking those chances.
0: You ain't lying. And and you mentioned something, you know, before I get into the the questions about the, the book that you got out. But you said, you know, Mentors guided you towards, you know, being that. I mean, how important are mentors then, you know, as a a young entrepreneur? Extremely important.
1: No one is equally good at everything. We all have blind spots or just areas where we're not as strong. This is why, by the way, a lot of tech entrepreneurs, a lot of startup companies have multiple founders because we know someone might be good at tech, but not at selling. And someone else is good at the selling, but not the finance and operations. Great. We can all do different things that support each other. Now, even if you're doing things yourself, and all of us at some point are doing things by ourselves, whether it's your own company or your side hustle or just your own career path, we're all in some ways on our own. We know we have those limitations and blind spots. So let's get some mentors to come in and help us with that. And there's there's nothing wrong with it. It is a great way to really upskill yourself and get support. All of us need it. All of us should be getting help from others and, in turn,
0: helping those even not as far down the path as we are. Yeah, ain't that the truth? And, and, let, and let me say this. I mean, and it's one of the things I saw a shout out to Alex from, from PodMatch because this is where we hooked up. So, shout out to PodMatch. Um, colleges don't teach this stuff. <laughs> Uh, uh, And why do you think that they don't teach this stuff? Yeah, great question. Colleges
1: are actually about 900 years old. The invention of the college goes back to about the 12th century, and they were founded by people who were deep into research. What we see today, colleges are run by professors. Now, I love professors. I work with them. They're great people. They're really (laughs)
0: smart. But they are super narrow in their focus. So they got blinders on like the horses and the carriages in New York, right? That's exactly it.
1: They are focused on their field. They had to not only go to college, then they had to go to grad school and get their Ph.D. in some area. And when doing the Ph.D., they became the leading expert in some tiny, tiny piece of their field. And that's how they got recognition. That's how they got their job. But for the rest of us, it's not just about being good at one thing. It's a symphony of skills. And because the professors run the programs, they say, look, if you want to come here, you want to be, let's say, a chemistry major. Well, we, the professors, the chemistry experts, have decided if you come here and you take some intro to chemistry classes and then some mid-level classes, maybe you take some organic chemistry and some molecular chemistry and a few advanced classes, if you do all this, we'll give you a piece of paper that says – you have acquired a certain level of knowledge in chemistry. We're not saying you're a good chemist. We're certainly not saying you are a good employee. We don't know that. All we know is your knowledge of chemistry has reached this level. You learn what
0: we taught you. Here you go.
1: Exactly. And so colleges, that was fine in, let's say, 1950, when you'd show up to your job and you were the cog in the machine and you just had to know how to do one little thing and your boss would tell you what to do, but these days that's not sufficient. So we need to change how we educate, and all of us, because we can't wait for the education system to change. We need to educate ourselves.
0: And thank goodness for tools like, something like the the YouTubes and the Twitches and, and and the Zooms and folks like yourself that that, that do amazing programs to help people or, or write amazing books like the one we're going to talk about right now that you did. I mean, yo. Know, I mean, you have this amazing book out right right now called "D." Let's show it, let's show it, folks, right here. Let's see, it. "The Career Toolkit: Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You." <laughs> I love that title, man. I mean, it's impactful because ain't that the truth? Talk to me about the story behind the title itself. The title itself. It comes from the fact that these
1: are skills. There are 10 skills in the book, and they are not taught. You know these skills, networking, negotiating, leadership, communicating. No one needs to be convinced of their importance, but if they're so important, how come they didn't teach it to us? So I've been teaching these skills for 20 years at MIT. We put together a program referred to as the Career Success Accelerator. Companies came to us and said, these are the skills we want to see, not just in MIT students, not just in recent college grads. In anyone we hire, we want to see these skills, but we can't find them because no one's teaching them. We said, all right, that is a problem. We have to address this. So we created the Career Success Accelerator. And having taught for 20 years, I know it's not just MIT students who need this. I wanted to expand it. I wanted to get out to other people. And so I originally thought I'm going to write up maybe like 20 pages of notes, and something I can put online, but 20 pages became 40, became 80, and well, oh, pretty man. soon, once it passed 100, <laughs> I think this is a book.
0: You're a nerd. You're gonna keep going. Like, wait a minute, I got more. Wait a minute, I got more. You're probably waking up in the middle of the night. Ho- hold on, I- I'll be back. I- I- wait a minute.
1: That is literally what I did. Sometimes <laughs> I, I, I couldn't sleep.
0: No, no, I have to get this out. I love it. But that, but that that's the passion you hold, man. So what really led you to create this book? What, what was the, t- the moment that you said, this needs to be done? It For years, I've known this because I've known
1: how impactful this has been to our students. I know how impactful it's been to the people who I have managed and mentored at my companies. In the volunteer work that I've done in the online communities and other work with organizations like Techie Youth, I know the impact these skills have, and so I just wanted to reach a wider audience, and that turned into the book and the app.
0: I'm digging it. So I know one of the topics here is about, you know, career plans, right? Yeah. Why do people need one? Why is it important to to kind of do that? Yeah, imagine if you just said,
1: okay, I'm in New York. I want to drive to San Francisco. And I know it's over there on the West Coast, but you don't have a map. You don't have routes. This is before you had GPS on your phone. So I guess I'll just kind of drive west
0: and hope I get there. Well, we used to really waste gas being lost. <laughs> when That's dad right. didn't want to ask anyone what's the directions, <laughs> and your mom is like, can you just ask somebody, please?
1: <laughs> so that is not a great plan. Of course, <laughs> what we used to do back in the day before a cell phone could give us turn by turn, you we'd know. have to get a map ahead of time. We'd have to write down the directions. And say, okay, Even though,
0: there. have you ever been in downtown Manhattan using a GPS, it would lose you. Hell, it does not work in downtown Manhattan, I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
1: I, I thankfully haven't had that because I don't drive much in the city. Lucky yeah, you. we We had to create a plan. You had to create a plan. Now, Having a plan, you could still get lost, doesn't care if you're going to get there, but not having a plan, just saying, well, let's just drive west and hope we get there, that's insanity.
0: Yes, it
1: is. So you want to have a plan to get there. Now, here's the thing that trips people up. They say, well, either how do I know what I'm going to be doing in five years? That's too far in advance to plan. It's okay. You don't have to have all the details. Now, for our drive to San Francisco, we might map out every single highway in turn. Yeah, but we're planning our career. We say, well, here's where I want to be in 20 years. Where do I need to be in 15, in 10, in five? If I want to manage a team of 100 people in 20 years, no one's going to take me from never having managed to managing 100 people. Somewhere along the way, I'll need to have managed 50, 60 people. Well, before I do that, I'll need to have managed 20 people. And before that, maybe around five to 10 people. So I can put these checkpoints along the way. It might be a job title or it might be achievements or responsibility, and I can start to map it out. Now, here's the other thing. As we're driving across country of San Francisco, we can say, hey, you know what? There's a really cool roadside attraction. It's 100 miles out of the way, but let's go do it. You can change up your plan. It is your life, it is your plan. It's okay to take these alternate routes. In fact, even if we're driving to San Francisco and we decide, you know what, forget this, let's go to L.A., that's going to be more fun, fine, change your goal. It is your plan. You can change it anytime. time, but the key is you want to make that plan more concrete in the near term, fuzzier in the long term, and then you want to revisit and revise as you go.
0: So as you're creating the plan, what are good habits to have? So first good habit Take out your phone right now. Put a note that
1: says, I am going to think about my career plan. Put a calendar reminder on your phone and make that a recurring reminder, Mm -hmm. half an hour every six months. That's a very small commitment. But if you do that, if you put that half an hour every six months, that's a checkpoint where you say, hey, you know what? I haven't thought about my job in a while. I haven't thought about the career. Am I going where I want to be going? What could I do to get more out of this job? And if you have an annual review set up, so you're doing that review yourself just before you go into your
0: annual review, so that's the first thing you can do. You know what? What I'm really digging about what you're doing here, though, because this isn't just a book. You've also created an app to coincide with the book. So, talk to me. Why did you create an app, and how does it work? You know, in conjunction. With the book, which I'm gonna be buying on Amazon, by the way. I need. I mean, I don't want no soft cover. I need the hardcover before they're gone. <laughs> the reason I create an app as an author, my job
1: isn't to get you to buy pieces of paper. It's to change how you think. I want.
0: To Bro, you are the first person I've ever say it that way. It ain't about buying the book. It's about making you, ooh, dude, dude. You better quote that. That is amazing. I love it. You're the first person who really said that to me.
1: Now, here's the thing. When you read a book like mine, other business books, even self-help books, you read it and you say, okay, that's really great. Lots of good tips. And then what happens? You forget
0: 95% of it within a month. So you probably it? forget 75% of it. <laughs> 99, actually, because most people, again, Tom Bill, you told me when I met him, he said, Go ahead and share your secrets because at the end of the day, you're lucky 1% actually even apply it.
1: Exactly. We forget it quickly. I don't want you to forget. My job isn't done just because you bought the book or read the book. My job is done when you have improved and put yourself on a path to more success. So how can I help you do that? That's where we created the app. So it's a companion app, a free app available need- from completely free available from the Android and iPhone stores, and it's linked from the website. When you download the app, you can use it one of two ways. Either just open it at least once a month, just so we know you're active, and what it's going to do is going to pop up each day as a notification a tip from the book. It's wow. like a daily affirmation, except it's a quote from the book. It's one of the key points. It's one of the things you want to remember that helps keep it top of mind. So you don't wow. even have to open the app. It's just going to do it. You look at it, go, okay, great, swipe it away. You're done. Two seconds a day. Just open it once a month, so we know we're not pestering you with that. That's <laughs> it stays active. Now, the other way you can use it is you might. And by the way, when you read the book, you can jump to any chapter. You don't have to read it in order. So maybe you start and, with. And, and I
0: read that. You like, you go to the chapter you think where well, you need help, and that, and we just go straight to it. And it feels like a comic book. You know, there is no jump. You know, there's any point that you could really read and dig the book without having to go and read the whole book. But, again, me being who I am, I need to read that from, from the front cover to, to the back cover to the very, you know, very back cover, you know. <laughs> I'm the same way, but I know not everyone is, and that's why I wrote it this way. But it. Let's say you read
1: that networking chapter two months ago, and now you're about to walk into a networking event thinking, oh, there were a lot of great tips. I remember some of them because they been coming up on the app, but right before you go in the event, open up that app go to the networking tab, and then mm. flip through those networking tips and get that crash course, get that
0: refresher in networking. So these are all the things that are on screen right now. So if I, you know, about interviewing, ethics, leadership, networking, you know negotiation, working effectively. So all these tips are available at my disposal on my phone. Exactly. Uh, They're in your pocket
1: with you always.
0: And look at that. Look at those screens. Talk about, you know, did you set this up? Did you find the partner? I mean, talk about the app creation. And, and when you decided to do this in conjunction with the book, like, why well, was that also that moment, if you will, that, that made you say, I need to do this too?
1: The moment it it came to me, I was talking to my neighbor who's a marketer, and we were chatting, and she said, well, you should do an app for your book.
0: I said, oh,
1: okay. Yeah, good idea. What should the app do? I said, I don't know. Just do an app. <laughs> whatever, just do something. <laughs> right. Great. Why don't you just tell me, like, hey, you should sell a lot of books. Oh, yeah, good idea. Oh, <laughs> oh, right? hey,
0: just sell them. I so know.
1: she inspired me. She didn't, didn't have a lot of details. I sat there. I thought about it. I thought about what I know about teaching and learning. I thought about what I know about media. And I honestly thought this must exist. Someone surely has come up with this, so we'll just go license that app. But, nope, it didn't exist. So, thankfully, oh, wow. I have a technology background. I designed the app. You hired did it. yeah, quite, I designed it at the high level, but then I, I know where my limitations are. I hired someone to code it up because oh. my app coding I'm pretty rusty in coding these days. <laughs> and I got a great designer. She did a wonderful job.
0: Start, oh, a what, hey, what's her name? Give her a shout out. What's the name?
1: Uh, Svetlana is my designer. They and go. she out. is fantastic. Here's the interesting thing. You can see right now on screen, you can see the cover of the book over my right shoulder, and you can see some of the icons on the screen. Now, my book cover designer, so she gave me when you do a book cover, they'll give you mock-ups. They'll give you some ideas. They don't just say, here's your cover. So here are some ideas, and we looked at them. I said, all right, this gives me the direction to go in, because I was doing feedback. I was running market surveys to see what covers do people like. So this was the cover they liked. I said, all right, if we're going to do this, she put generic icons. I said, well, I want to do very intentional icons. So if we're going to do these little icons, I want one for each chapter. I want it to correspond to what's in the book. Oh, so okay. we came up with ten specifically, one for each chapter. Damn. Okay, now, that alone, so, yeah, that's nice. It's on the cover. It's in each chapter. That could be the end of it. But I do have a marketing background as well, and I recognize that there is a chance for brand identity here. So, those icons you see on the book, you also see them on the website. You see them here in the app. So, yep. as you're going to a category, you've got them in the app. On my blog, if you go to the blog and you want to read just on leadership or just on ethics, you click that same iconography. In my social media, the same iconography. In yep. my talks, the same iconography. So, what we did is we created these icons and I've extended them, not just the original 10. We're using additional ones as we get into Woo. new categories. So this creates not just here's a cover image, but an actual brand image that is
0: extensible. Uh, dude, you're like inspiring me the crap out of me. You're giving me so much like, energy. I love it. So what about this? Uh, in, in the favorites, where does this come from? Never just drop your mentor when it's time to move on. Thank your mentor and let them know why. You're moving. Where does this come from? You know, these favorites. What is this? You know, career plan I see on the bottom, working effectively. What is this? So, that's an example of one of
1: the tips. Now, this tip mm. comes from, it's in two categories it's in your career planning category and working effectively. Because some tips apply to more than one category. But okay. also, in the app, you can save your favorites. You might say, oh, these are the ones I really like. This is a quote, I, I like to get reminded of it every few weeks. So, I just put, save into my favorites, and that one's going to come up for you.
0: So, I have a choice of categories as well, because you said that here I have two categories. So, you know, uh, how how does the app work then when it comes to affirmations, if you will, or, you know, tips of the day?
1: So, it's by default. It does two things. First, by default, it's set at 9 a.m., but you can change the time to whatever time of day makes the most sense for you. I, work, I, more I more. wake up at 5 a.m., so I'm good. Send <laughs>
0: <a summer> them earlier. <laughs> I need it. All right,
1: it. you can, you can say for 5, if <laughs> <minutes. laughs> works for you. But then you might even say, you know, I really want to focus just on – my networking, for example, just on negotiating. So you can set that so you only get tips just from that category. Okay. So you're getting a little more focus in what you're seeing. So you oh. can set one or more categories instead of all of them. Or if you say these are the 10 tips I really like and that's what I want to just focus on for next month, put those 10 into your favorites, set it to favorites only, and you'll just get those 10 coming back up to remind you and keep it top of
0: mind nice and you know that really is important you know to have those nudges if, in life to have those mental especially as an entrepreneur because you know sometimes we have we could have this messed up inner monologue and just to have this type of affirmation in the morning you know just to just you know like reassure you yeah yo, you're good you know i mean again i i'm building something here and you know my inner monologue sometimes wants to try to be the loudest voice in my head and i do not allow it so as an entrepreneur yourself as a nerd as a person that you know motivates people like how do you keep your inner monologue you know especially that negative inner monologue in
1: check that was especially tough when writing the book because when I first finished the the draft, I thought, "Oh, this is great! I love this content. It's gonna be wonderful." And I set it aside for a bit, came back to it. Now it's time to look and edit. I said, "Oh my God, this is this is garbage. This is terrible. No one's gonna to want to read this." And I was depressed for a few days. And I came back a oh, little wow. later. Oh, wait, this isn't bad. And I know the content is good. And I did it again, going, "No, no, this is all obvious." And so I went back and forth. It was definitely this volatility. We're our own worst enemies sometimes. For anyone who's an entrepreneur, if you've ever seen the TV show Silicon Valley, that more than anything else captures what it's like to build a company, whether your own or whether a startup with other people. The volatility there where one minute they're doing great and the next minute everything turns around and now it's crashing for them. That's what life is like when you're building
0: your own company. Damn. Crazy talking about this and so we were talking about the icons and iconography what is this i i needed to show this one up. because i am digging i see this reminds me all i see here not for nothing because even though it doesn't have a beard dj Khaled. all we do is win 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 <laughs> you know what i mean that's what i see in this icon like yo this, yo win you got this toolbox and you're gonna win is, is that what you were going for because that's what i see that
1: is, so we have the ten icons, one for each chapter, but we needed one that went a little further, one that kind of moved it all time. together. And so if you look at the book, I'm going to hold up the book right here, you can see on the cover, you can see we have six of the ones on the cover here, but then right there in the center, that's yeah. the guy, that's the, it.
0: it all comes Get together home. and helps you be successful. I'm loving it, man. Did you have any input on on the design of the icons, or or, or was that a collaborative effort, or was it all you? What was popping there? It was collaborative. So my
1: cover designer came up with the general concept of these little icons, and then that's why I said, all right, I want them to match. So she came up with a couple. Some, Some were her original designs. Some we had to tweak, so I might give her feedback. Some we couldn't come up. And I just went out onto Facebook. I went to my friends on Facebook. I said, hey, here's the ones I have. Here are the ones we can't figure out. Please give me your input. And, for example, someone came up our ethics. The ethics one, I'll show you that. That's here on the back. Let's see. We've got ethics right there. So you've got the little devil. And that's brilliant. I never. Let me talking.
0: see that book. Let me see how thick that baby is. Too. I'm, I'm gonna order one. Hey, look at that. He, that's a healthy looking book. Let me tell you. It's
1: it's 270 it. pages.
0: Oh, you say you started trying to do a 20 page pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did not Sorry. expect it to be so big. I love this. Uh, your journey is absolutely insane. Now, another thing that I want to show people. Let me get there. Hold on. I want people to see this awesome-looking website, yo, because your website looks fire. Networking, negotiating, communicating, leading, career fighting. Did anyone ever teach you these skills? No, they didn't teach me. Um, I, as a Latino, as a brown person, our community is always taught go to school, learn, and get a good job. But here you're telling me, is like, yo, I kind of actually do a lot more than to get a job. Yeah, so. that's
1: how I was raised as well, work hard in school, but I wasn't really – So where not. did
0: it change? Where did it change for you, though, where you said, I don't want to just work for someone. I need to do this for me. When did it, that happen? There wasn't one moment where I said, oh,
1: all these other skills. Sure, I had heard networking is important. We all had. But it would go in one ear out the other, and so in my 20s is when I woke up and said, "Wait a second! I can't just work hard and hope it all works out. I need to be more directed in my career, and I need to utilize these skills." Here is a great way to understand the importance of these skills. We're going to do a little bit of math here, and we're doing math because I love math, went to MIT, but this is easy math. It messed me up,
0: but I still love you. Don't you worry.
1: All right, we're going to go back middle school okay. math. Imagine, if you will, you've got a rectangle that's 4 okay. by 10. Okay, so it's 4, four by 10 units. By 10, okay. And so it's 40 units square. You need to increase one of the sides by two units. Do you increase the long side or the short side if you want to maximize the area?
0: Ooh, what a question.
1: You're fucking me up. I would say long long side? You want to increase the short side. If you increase the long, okay. if you go from 10 to 12, you get 48. If you go from 4 to 6, 6 times 10 is 60. Okay. Now, what does this have to do with what we've been talking about? Is Mark just throwing random math it's, it's, problems. No,
0: no, it's, you're not. You're, you're messing me up because, again, I already kind of see the diagrams. So go ahead. <laughs> so the reason this is relevant is let's think conceptually what
1: happens when you put those two units on the short side they get multiplied by that long side they get amplified by that long side all of us have short sides and long sides my long side were my tech skills very good at tech but i wasn't so good at networking or communicating or leading. we by the way have more than two sides you might be good at graphic design you might be good at marketing whatever it is that's your long side and certainly work on your long side in tech if i don't pay attention If I'm not still developing it, I become a dinosaur. But instead of just putting all the effort into the long side, where I become this long, thin rectangle, I don't have a lot of area, I don't have a lot of capability, putting some effort into that short side makes me more effective. If you think about that genius person who might be a really great expert but can't speak, is so all over the place, discombobulated, no one wants to listen to him because he's just incoherent, He's not very effective even though he's capable in that long side. So mm-hmm. all of us need to recognize we have short sides, and by working on those short sides, we get a better return on investment for the time spent. Now, now you money. see
0: why I need your book, bro. Now you see, yo. like what I said, I have it on Amazon and my shopping cart after this interview. I am hitting the buy button, you know, but, but I got to ask before I do that. Can I buy it through you and have your autograph on it, man? That way I can see, you know, a a, a little quote from Mark, bro. Like, here, Al, inspire me, bro. Come on. It's unfortunately we don't have
1: an easy way to do that. But (laughs) thank you. You're in New York. We can meet up at some point as COVID continues to die down. I'll be happy to come autograph it for you.
0: Oh, wow, bro. Thanks for bringing that up. How about that? How have you, uh, as this entrepreneur, this creative force, Been dealing with COVID, especially in New York, because I know, I know. Listen, even though I'm in Florida now, all right, I do have family in New York, and they're telling me it's tough. They're out still in Brooklyn and in Queens. Uh, But tell me your 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 perspective. How how is it in the city? So the past two years, obviously
1: New York was ground zero, and as a scientist, I understand the science (laughs) of COVID and the risks and why we need to social distance and be careful. And in all things, it's about recognizing the opportunity. So it's horrible that COVID happened. It's horrible we've had all these deaths and just all the challenges. But the reality is we're facing it. So we were in this. So I looked at what can I do to make this a positive. Now, many authors, my book came out in January of 2021. Many authors going into 2020 and 2021 said, oh, this is terrible. We can't do our book tours. This is killing my business. And others said, this is opportunity. I looked and said, this is fantastic. Because if I have to fly to San Francisco to do an event, I'm losing a day flying, a day flying back. I'm there in San
0: Francisco. And and your savings account is getting smaller because it's not like they're paying you to get out there, most of these. Some of them do. Some of them do not. (laughs) <laughs> you have
1: to be, like, the really big names for the yeah. company to so do But you're that.
0: spending money yeah. to market yourself. And, again, this is an investment in self, but it's still an investment that's going to empty your pocket a little bit. You know, it's a financial hit. On the other hand, in February
1: of 2021, middle of the winter, Omicron is really high. Normally on a Saturday night, I'd be going out seeing friends. That wasn't happening. So what uh, was I doing? I was reaching out to podcasts. I was using that time to find opportunity. Wonderful. Yeah, podcasts became huge. I went on over 200 podcasts last year. What? It's 200?
0: Whoa. Yep. Do we need to look into this? Uh, is that a record breaker? I mean, 200 podcasts 200. in one year? My dude, jeez.
1: I'm I'm wondering if it is. I recorded close to 250,
0: just Get a your little under. You should look that up. The, the most heavily uh, like podcast guest <laughs> ever. <laughs> Bro, that's, that's amazing. But I'm glad that, pe- that you reached out and people were, you know, hooking onto that uh, message you're sending because I love the message. That's what kind of connected us through PodMatch. I'm digging what you're doing. I mean, why is it so important for you to share this knowledge you've gained? because I want to help other people. This isn't
1: what I do as a career. I'm not a career coach. I'm not an executive coach. You can't go and hire me to give you advice. (laughs) There are many people who do that, and they're great, and they write books like this to get more business. I am a CTO, a chief technology officer. I build tech startup companies, but this has been my passion. I will be happy when I see many other people, as many as possible, become happier and more successful in their careers. That's what I want to see. That's my impact on the world.
0: All right. So I want, uh, you know, last two questions here. In the book, you claim someone can make 30 racks, 30 30 grand with the advice in the book. Now, a lot of people are going to say that's a pretty bold claim, yo. So tell me, how can they do this? It is. All right. So. Let's imagine the
1: following scenario. Imagine, for example, you have, you're 30 years old, you have a job offer for $40,000. But instead of just saying, okay, yes, I accept, you've learned to negotiate. Maybe you got that from my book, maybe you got it from another book, but certainly you will get it from mine. I know that. (laughs) I love it. So instead of saying, I accept, you go back to your future boss and say, well, let's negotiate a little. I would like to do better, and here's why. You use some of the techniques, and you get forty-one thousand. Okay, okay, that's not a huge list. Going from forty to fifty, okay, that, that's twenty-five percent. Forty to forty-one, that's about two percent. So we can all imagine doing that. That takes you about five ten minutes to have that conversation or go back and forth a few emails. If you do nothing else, if you stay in that job for the next thirty years, you've just earned yourself one thousand dollars more. For 30 years. You've just earned $30,000 mm. over your lifetime with five minutes of negotiation from having read one book and done this once. Mm. But of course, I'll bet people right now are saying, but there's no way I'm staying in a job for 30 years. And you're right. You will have other jobs. You will have raises. You will have promotions. And so if you learn to negotiate, you can add tens of thousands of dollars to your
0: lifetime earnings. And you're not lying there because you know I had a life changes happen to me last year, October, and I became a hot commodity. <laughs> and, and, and I learned how to navigate and negotiate so that way I could land someplace where appreciated me, but where I also feel their energy because to me that's important. Hundred so percent. Being able it's not to. Not about engage. money. I use money because
1: you can do the math, but it's about yeah. more than just money.
0: Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. I'm happy where I'm at now. I'm with a, a, a company that has such a young entrepreneurial spirit that's hungry, just as hungry as I am, so our energies match. And I'll do anything for them just as much as I would do for Comic Crusaders. You feel me? So, you know, well, you know, to have a, you know, hopefully one day Comic Crusaders will be my whole job, but, you know, but, but I don't mind helping others and, 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 you know, and working in the system with others and, and learning from the journey from others. I think that's a key point, too. Yeah, sounds like you
1: found something that makes you happy. In fact, two things. Yeah. And that makes me happy.
0: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. But then another thing that made me happy is talking to a person like you. Cause I, I, I Honestly, I'm going to buy the book. I, I'm sad I can't get my autographed copy until I get into New York. When I get over there, I'm going to send you an email. I'm like, yo, homie, Mark, I, uh, I'm uh, i in Brooklyn. Can we go uh, meet at Bel Air Diner in Long Island City? I'll get you a burger or if you're a vegan, whatever you want. I don't know. I may not assume you eat meat because that's wrong nowadays too. <laughs> um, but, you know, we hang out. I definitely will be getting the book because I see the value of the information you are sharing. So last point here now, when it comes to advice. For anyone, you know, whether they're coming from a tech world, an authorship world, or, you know, a, a motivational world, just somebody that wants to help. Like, what's the best piece of advice you would give somebody to, that, that just wants to be able to contribute? Go forward, find what makes
1: you passionate, and start to work in that field. Meet everyone you can, learn about, it. create a diverse network learn to listen, learn to develop a diverse set of skills, and you're going to be incredibly impactful in what you do.
0: Brother, you said it there, one of the key things there, learn to listen. I mean, a lot of people love to talk, but they don't hear others. So take that moment and pause and listen to what others are saying, like, you know, you know, I made there's a lot of MFR, but, you know, homie here is, like, dropping mad knowledge. And please, you know, this book right now, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Envy Books A Million, local bookstores, right? The app is on Apple Play Store right now. It's on the Google Play Store. I mean, if you guys need quick links, I need you guys to visit right now, com. I mean, Homie has taken a mission here upon himself to really help us as entrepreneurs. I mean, you know what I mean? So help him as well. Purchase his book ASAP. Please follow him on social. I'm sure you're going to get a whole bunch of tips from Homie, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So if you go to Twitter, it's KoreaToolkitBK, Facebook, The Korea Kit Book, and on Instagram, The Korea Kit. period. What happened, Yeah, you know, it's like they murdered you and every single platform was trying to get the lockdown name. <laughs> yeah,
1: it it was definitely a challenge.
0: <laughs> man, man, you should have done this earlier. Jeez, you bastards, give Clearly. him back his name. You know, so he can <laughs> lock it down. But, no, I'm digging it, brother. You know, you have great energy, you know, as, as just a creator, as an entrepreneur. Let me thank you just as an individual for helping me to be inspired, helping me to get motivated. Helping me to look forward, you know, in life, when, with positive motion and, and with a clearer picture. You know, in, in your book, it, it's just that it's, it's it's a beautiful little roadmap that can help people like me and you, folks that are listening and watching, to kind of you know reach our goals. I mean, he, he's right. I mean, whether it's a career, whether it's entrepreneurship, whatever you want, man, you know, we gotta have a plan. And without a plan, we ain't going to be shit, for real. Because, again, we got to make sure that we're hitting those goals because if we're not putting that in front of our face, we're not going to hit it. You know? That's the truth. So, Mark, bro, again, just thank you. Thank you for being bold and brave and taking that step into entrepreneurship and just sharing, you know, your advice, your vision, your journey, your words, everything, bro. Muchas gracias, mi amigo. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, yeah. So, folks, once again, again, I'm putting them up. You better click them links right there, right? Koreatoolkitbook.com. dot com. All the links are there. Buy this book right now. Available on your favorite platform, whether it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound, Books a Million, whatever it is, yo. You better go there and buy this book right now. It's gonna be uh, an amazing blessing in your life. And please follow him on. Please follow him on social. Very important, all right. So, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yo. Career Toolkit everywhere. That, that, that's a big homie right there, all right. I'm Almeida. Thank you for tuning in. My also tells you what to do, with the exception of, of course, yo, you know, if you please, please, yo, right there, yo, uh, you know, uh, just turn on the subscribe, the notifications, do all that goodness. Follow my extended podcast family over at Undercover Case. right? They they need and, and the support right now. So much good shows there, yo, Whether you love Marvel, DC, independent movies, yo, we got everything there. And of course, yo, if you love the King himself right here, of course you follow the Real Omega. I where Papa at la próxima, mi gente. Much love. Later. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit CommonCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCaves.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.